It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. It is week 11 of the 2022 NFL season. Uh, We are, oh God, I I think we're one week out from Thanksgiving, uh, T-Bro. That is the real line of demarcation uh, in my opinion, for uh, for the fantasy uh, football season when it really just gets to the home stretch. Next week, Thanksgiving. This week, uh, the, la- the last week before Thanksgiving, and we are really starting to approach playoff time for fantasy football. My name is Joe Dolan. Uh, that is Tom Brawley over there as we recap the Week 10 slate of fantasy football uh, in, in the NFL. And, Tom, uh, we had a couple of key injuries. Um, uh, again, though, the, the later we get into the season, it almost feels like the less we got to like put in like our market report podcast and our market report article because we kind of know the stuff that's happening already. But of course, we got some injuries to recap and we do have some games to recap. But uh, good to talk to you this morning. How was your weekend? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, it, it is a little bit more intriguing this week, I'll say. Uh, we did have a couple key injuries, as you said, especially the yeah. Cooper Cup one. Uh, Leonard Fournette in the Tampa Bay game, Uh, even like Juju Smith-Schuster, Jerry Judy. I mean, there was Zach Ertz has been a a good tight end. So uh, this is was a more involved waiver wire this week. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I think there's going to be a little bit more movement in our market report than usual because, hey, guys are going to be moving up and moving down based on some of these injuries and, uh, you know, uh, things to watch here. So I it, it's uh it is and it isn't so uh the last couple of weeks it's been pretty quiet with the waiver wire and uh this week uh there's there's a little bit more movement here and uh, a little bit more roster change here coming into week 11 here now yeah so let, let's just get right into it let's start with the thursday night game um which was a, a, a stinker as you might imagine between um, Atlanta and Carolina, Deontay Foreman back on the saddle, back in the saddle. Of course, I had an over five and a half receiving yards prop for him, but that did not come. <laughs> did not he did get out. a lot of touches, though. Yeah, 31 <laughs> touches, no catches. Uh, um, 25-15, Carolina wins this game. Uh, what was your takeaway here from this game, Tom? As you uh, you already you already wrote this game up. Did you have any like major takeaways? I mean, I, I think Foreman is certainly trending upward here. Uh, we we were very, I think we were, uh, we, we didn't think that he was going to be necessarily an impact player down the stretch after the Christian McCaffrey trade. We thought it would be a, a split backfield but between him and Chuba Hubbard. But that hasn't played out that way. And Chuba picked up an uh, ankle injury a couple weeks ago and had to sit out. And uh, Foreman has taken full advantage of his, his chance to be the lead back here. And uh, he certainly did it la- uh, on Thursday night, uh, racking up 31 carries and uh, scoring a touchdown. And Chuba was actually kind of a, a distant third here uh, with Blackshear uh, also getting involved. So uh, this uh, this backfield is materialized where it's kind of one guy leading leading the charge here. Who knows if it's going to stay that way for the entire season, but uh, Foreman has certainly developed into an RB2 here. Uh, at least for the next couple of weeks while uh, we'll see if they can continue to stay competitive, but the, the schedule has laid out pretty well for them outside of the Bengals game where he's been able to really make serious contributions uh, for this offense. 
Um, and, and, and Marcus Mariota's terrible, man. <laughs> I yeah, I he he got home for fantasy, but oh my god, yeah, he yeah. was. Oh, that ball that he sailed to Kyle Pitts. I mean, it looked like Kyle oh. Pitts had a walk-in touchdown. I mean, there, there's going to be a, a a low light video of all the uh, fantasy. I mean, somebody's got to be putting it together here. That all the uh, fantasy points that've been left on the field based on Mariota throws to Kyle Pitts this year. Uh, it, it's just absolutely brutal here eight targets two catches for 28 yards for Pitts, and uh this is it's just so hard right now with uh, anybody that drafted Pitts. it's you just close your you, you put them in your lineup and you just hope and most most teams that probably drafted him in the third round are probably floundering here a little bit uh you may, maybe a, maybe not as bad as uh dj Moore teams that uh you know picked dj Moore in the third round he had another disappointing performance just just two of these guys have been just absolutely killed by bad quarterback play this season yeah. uh tampa bay and seattle that tampa bay uh win over the rams last week was just a complete like season changer for two teams quite frankly tom because the rams uh uh have gone in the complete opposite direction uh, obviously leonard fournette we got, is he a watch or is he a down in your opinion uh, we'll watch it because it they, it didn't sound too. I uh, maybe let's do it down though because they did start the game yeah. with Rashad White as the starter and it, it's been trending in that direction yeah. for the last couple of weeks anyway. And uh, and I, and he was great, Rashad White. Yeah, and he and he looked good. I thought Fournette actually looked good too for the first time all season. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe they finally figured something out with their offensive line, or maybe this is just one game aberration, but. Uh, yeah, Fournette, if, if the injury doesn't sound too serious, uh, Todd Bowles after the game said it's a, a hip pointer. They do have a bye week coming back from Germany, so he does have some time to get healthy. But I feel like this this line, uh, this line, off uh, this backfield could be trending towards maybe White being the lead runner and Fournette kind of getting the passing game work. Uh, so this, it feels like at worst this is probably uh, – uh, going to be a 50-50 split. Maybe it's even worse than that. I mean, maybe maybe it is a little bit worse than that. Maybe Fournette gets squeezed out a little bit, but uh, White has looked pretty good here. He's trending, certainly trending up, and he's going to be one of the top waiver wire ads this week. Yeah, yeah. so he is on the waiver wire. He's, yeah, he's... White's like one of those that's been <clears throat> at like 40% all season. Uh, he was at yeah. like 44%, so yeah, he'll be, one, he'll be the top guy off the waiver wire, even though they're on by this week, so he can't give you immediate help right now Seattle's kind of the same team every week at this point you know you play Metcalf and, and Lockett you play Walker and and you can play Gino I mean that's kind of what Seattle is I don't I didn't really see anything anything different here you know just uh yeah nothing just couldn't get... yeah nothing real big here I mean the the one thing that stood out I don't think we need to write it up but uh Kenneth Walker actually sowed some passing game chops in this game yeah which uh, is good because he had 17 rushing yards yeah and I thought it was a great sign that they were trailing by multiple scores. This is like really the first opportunity we had to see it. And they didn't opt to play, uh, you know, a DJ Dallas or uh, a Travis Homer in the lineup there uh, when they were trailing by multiple scores. They stuck with Walker. He was at 87% of the snaps. So uh, I don't I don't think we necessarily need to write it up, but I think it's an awesome sign if you have Kenneth Walker. I mean, he is their guy and he, he showed he could catch the ball a little bit. So uh, even in a loss where he only got 17 rushing yards on 10 attempts, I think Kenneth Walker is still trending up here uh, based on how he was used at the end of the game. 
Minnesota and Buffalo, game of the week, maybe game of the season. But quite frankly, Tom, I'm not sure how much there is to take away. I mean, the the, the good players did what did what they did. Uh, I, I will say this about Buffalo, though. One thing. Um, I'm not sure if he's a waiver wire guy or not, but like they traded for Naeem Hines and he has one touch in two games. Yeah, I, I think he was only in on the field like five snaps last uh, la- this week and then... Is he a waiver wire guy? Nah, he's one of those like fringy, you know, 65% owned guys. So I, he's like in that middle ground. I, I don't think we really need to write up Naeem Hines though. I think anybody yeah, that has just, him has just been stashing like- him anyway, probably waiting to see if he gets a roll. I'll, I'll put Devin Singletary up just because, you know, I, I thought Naeem Hines was going to come in here and take a large part of this role, and, and he just hasn't so far. So, I mean, they're going to play their the players that they trust the most. Um, I Singletary will, actually I will scored say, some touchdowns, too. <laughs> that's been his two. biggest – yeah, that's been his biggest bugaboo here to, to start open the season, but he, he did find the end zone finally here with two touchdowns. Um, uh, uh, Josh Allen, I'll put him up just because he played um, – Bad interception, by the way. I mean, um, yeah, that, that bad, bad <laughs> kneel down. I mean, there was just so many. It's just so weird with this Bills team. Like, they just can't win close games. What? Yeah. It's the, like these one possession games. They just they find ways to boot it away. But uh, take you know, they haven't scored a second half touchdown since week six. Have you seen that? I mean, Allen's just been awful in the second half. I mean, he's yeah. he's just throwing all these all of his interceptions are late in the game, and um, I, I also I, I don't know why they just didn't take the uh, the field goal towards the end of that. You know, that's a ten point game. I know it doesn't make it three scores, but it gives you more opportunities to to get the winner. I don't know. I was it wasn't like it was a fourth and in inches either down at the goal line there. So. Um, just a, a tough stretch here for the Bills. Uh, two losses that they probably should have walked away with wins. And uh, all of a sudden, they're still the favorites to win the Super Bowl, but uh, they're behind in the, the standings right now to both the, yeah. the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Uh, Detroit and Chicago. This was a wild one, Tom. I mean, uh, I'm trying to figure out what to what what to really deduce here. I, I mean, if this is how they're going to use DeAndre Swift, why don't they just shut him down? I mean, like, like yeah. uh, running behind is, Justin Jackson again. Yeah, it, it is bizarre. I mean, let's only use him for 25% of the snaps. And, uh, yeah, Justin Jackson is mixing in here heavily. And then he gets a, a great uh, look at the goal line there uh, on the little counter play that they ran to, to score the game-winning touchdown. He looks great. I mean – um, it's just like, what, why don't we, why don't we use him more? I, I, I don't get it. Like if he's going to take hits anyway, I mean, I guess there's a certain amount of, uh, you know, it takes more of a toll, the more hits you take, but, uh, if he's just, just going to play, like, I, I don't understand why he can't get more touches, but it is what it is. I, I thought maybe coming off the injury report, we would see, yeah, because he was a uh, he got more practices in this week. He got taken off the injury report on Friday, so I was hoping that we would get more work from him from him in this game. But uh, still, the six touches and uh, six carries and one one catch here, so still a very limited role. And thank God he scored that touchdown because anybody that used him would have been cursing his name uh, with just uh, what was it uh, twelve total yards in this game. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. 
Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, there was a little scare there, Tom, but he came back in the game and made a big catch to set up the victory. Uh, I don't even know if there's anything there for us to, 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 to write about. Just should note that there was a scare there on the sideline when it looked like uh, he got hurt again. Yeah, this is, it feels like it's setting up maybe for what we saw at the end of last year. Remember, uh, TJ Hawkinson was out of the lineup. DeAndre Swift was out of the lineup. We're kind of in the same scenario here with Swift getting limited touches. Hawkinson out of the lineup. It's been a little bit slow going for Amon Ra last couple of weeks after uh, suffering that ankle injury early in the year and coming back and a little sluggish, but it, it's kind of setting up great for him again. I, I think we could write him up maybe just a, a little up here. Um, you know, 10 of the 19 completions uh, from Jared Goff go to him. So yeah, this is, it, it's looking like he could be a wide receiver one down the stretch here again. Uh, DJ Chark, we don't know if he's going to be back in the mix at any point. Uh, Josh Reynolds is really struggling through this back injury. Uh, the one guy that could come back, but it seems like that might be more of a December thing is Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams, uh, yeah. Yeah, who he's yet to play, first-round pick. But even then, like, do you think they're going to – I mean, we're, we're seeing what, what what they're doing with Swift. They're not going to trot Jamison Williams out and uh, play him for 95% of the snaps in his first game. So uh, <laughs> this is looking like a great setup for Amon Ra down the stretch. I'd be, um, I'd be trading for him if I, if I could get the chance yeah. to. Uh, 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 Chicago uh, on their side. I mean, it's 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 Justin Fields right now, but we gotta watch. Uh, we gotta watch Khalil Herbert. Yeah, I, I didn't see the extent of the injury. Didn't get really uh, like we got the four net. They're saying it was a hip pointer. Hopefully, it's a similar situation here with Herbert, but uh, no big news. Hey, he got over his rushing total uh, before he. I gave out that prop, uh, forty-one and a half yards, and got over that number before he picked up the injury. But this could be a, a Monty backfield for. And we're yeah. at the point where the Bears, they're not playing for anything. They're not going to rush rush a guy back that uh, probably, you know, like Khalil Herbert, probably is going to be their guy next year. I mean, Montgomery, we'll see if they bring him back. He's a free agent. But uh, if Herbert, if, they're, if he's like iffy at all going into next week, I could see them playing it safe with him. So uh, this could be the Mon- a Montgomery backfield for uh, the next, you know, next week or two, depending on the severity of the injury for Khalil Herbert. Uh, Jacksonville and Kansas City. Um, Jackson. First and foremost, I think Trevor Lawrence has, has played pretty good the last couple of weeks. That's good to see. Um, I, I thought he was pretty strong in this game. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure how much of a, a of a market report guy he is. Uh, what do you think, Tom? Is he or is he waiver wire? No, nah, he's he's been hanging around that like seventy to seventy five percent owned all season. Uh, yeah, he came through, uh, two touchdown passes. We yeah, thought it might, uh, be a little bit more involved as a passer here, uh, as major underdogs and, uh, comes through with the two scorers, got Christian Kirk going again. But uh, as you said, this, this offense is pretty much the same every week. Uh, at, at this point at the end, you know, he just didn't have enough opportunities to really run the ball, but it was good to see, uh, his receiving production had really, uh, dropped off after the James Robinson trade. Thought he, you know, as the kind of the lead back, as the bell cow back, he would get more receiving work going down the stretch. But, uh, you know, he, he did catch the three passes for 28 yards in this game. So uh, it showed he can still contribute in the passing game after a couple a couple of quiet weeks. But uh, nothing, I don't think really uh, much of a, <laughs> much of, nothing much to report on uh, from the Jaguars side. Nothing, no major injuries here. Um, yeah, this is uh, kind of the same offense every week here. Um, 
on the on the Kansas City side, however, R. I. I. mean, Clyde Edwards Delaire buried. R.I.P. He is done. Yeah. Uh, not even a single carry in this game. This has been trending this way. I mean, it was a uh, who was it? Rappaport on that Sunday morning uh, a couple of weeks ago when he you know reported that they he took all the uh, Pacheco took all the first team reps and wouldn't be named the starter. Uh, you know, this is kind of what we thought might be coming, but it's 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 been more of a transition here. It's been like a three week transition, and uh, Edwards Hilaire has basically been booted from the backfield for uh, yeah. four total snaps, uh, not a single touch here. So this is uh, maybe maybe Pacheco can develop. He'll be at the top of the waiver wire when that comes out tonight. Uh, right behind Rashad White, he's a guy that should be added. Jarek McKinnon is right behind him though. I mean. If it's going to be a two-man backfield, uh, McKinnon's been getting passing game work. He's been playing in some short, a lot of a lot of short yardage situations. So he might be everybody might be scrambling for Pacheco, but McKinnon might actually be the guy that has uh, the more fantasy relevant performances down the stretch, considering just how pass heavy Kansas City can be at times. Uh, we have to watch Juju Smith Schuster, but oh. I mean, I think this is his fourth documented concussion. Um, that is never a good sign. I mean, that was a nasty hit. He yeah, took. that was, that was gruesome. Yeah, that was, he had the, the fingers that we saw with uh, two, you know, his hands up above his head. And uh, I, I would think that we have a, a couple, uh, at least a one game absence here. Maybe even, maybe even more. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that, that's not, not a good sign. And, you know, whenever that was just a nasty little hit. Uh, so the problem is uh, none of these backup receivers that they have, they're more of uh, waiver wire material here with Kadarius Toney. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling actually did something. and uh, I, I think Tony. I mean, Tony needs to be rostered in every league. Yeah, he's, he was actually above. We usually do the 50% ownership threshold for uh, Yahoo leagues, and he was sitting at like 51 or 52%. But I, I still wrote him up just because it's like, hey, even yeah. in like eight team leagues, this guy needs to be owned. He's he's trending up. Uh, what was his snaps? I think it was pretty close to fifty percent. Uh, yeah, he was at forty four percent of the snaps. But it'll just keep going. Up. Even yeah, exactly. If Juju's out of the lineup, McCole Harmon's banged up uh, right now as well. So it's only going to continue to go up. And when he's on the field, they try to feature him i mean did you like his little uh his hamstring dance down the side oh, oh yeah yeah that was well uh, yeah justin jefferson faked a hamstring injury too i'm not really sure what the purpose of that is but hey uh, uh like uh that that was pretty uh, uh tony i think he what i think happened no, was he had to balance himself to stay in and then he's just like oh i'm just gonna incorporate this as part of my celebration <laughs> yeah i mean he probably has a lot of practice over the last two years of hopping around on one leg like that so <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, no he was able to keep his balance down the sideline to do that but uh, i got a little kick out of that but he, yeah. he's certainly yeah uh, he'll be waiver wire but um he, he's a guy that needs to be universally owned in all formats at this point Cleveland and Miami. Miami wins 39-17. I mean, Tom, you want to talk tilt. When I have Jalen Waddle missing his over by three yards because freaking Sherfield and Ingold are catching passes. I, I mean. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I was I was on that Waddle prop. and uh, Sherf, I mean, that was a pretty nice catch by Sherfield in the corner of the end zone there. But it, it was all season to this point uh, through the first nine games. You know, whenever two has been in the lineup, it's been a – a real, hey, 
Tyreek and Jalen are the guys. And everybody else, hey, here's two or three targets for you. But this was a real uh, spread it out performance. I don't know if this was by design, maybe by Mike uh, Mike McDaniel, maybe trying to get other other players involved in the offense here. But uh, yeah, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five guys with four plus catches. Uh, I I would have to go back through the the game logs from uh, all of Tua's games so far this season, but I'm going to guess that uh, we haven't even come close to a game where, you know, five different guys had four catches. It's been all Tyreek. It's been all Waddle. So uh, not that we feel uh, terrible about either of these guys going forward, but I guess it is just a little something. I I don't think we need to write it up, but just something to watch here. If uh, McDaniel is going to try to spread the ball around a little bit more, but um, Jeff Wilson, I mean, we wrote him up. Is is he waiver wire? No, God, no, no. He was waiver wire last week, but uh, heavily picked up this week. And I mean, he looks great and he's the guy. I mean, we weren't sure if it would be more of a 50-50 split, but Wilson was on the field for 61% of the snaps. Uh, Game high, uh, 17 carries. So, I mean, he has has RB1 potential here, maybe uh, down the stretch. Uh, They even got him involved as a receiver too with the five targets. So, He's uh, if you hung on to him uh, through the end of the uh, uh, his run in uh, San Francisco and were able to keep him and didn't drop him to the waiver wire, you uh, you've locked into a potential RP one here down the stretch. Uh, the Giants and the Texans, twenty four sixteen. I mean, this game kind of went exactly as we uh, as we hoped, right? I mean, <laughs> so I, I think John had Barkley projected for one forty rushing. He went for one fifty two. Um, any, anything, any real big takeaway here, Tom? I mean, this game, yeah, uh, not at all, basically. I mean, we, we expected Barkley to get fed and he did, uh, no, no passing volume at all for the Giants was uh, kind of expected. We, we expected them to, uh, dominate on the ground and, you know, limit their passing as much as possible. Uh, and the Texans, uh, you know, did what they usually do. Uh, Damian Pierce uh, got his 17 carries for 94 yards. Uh, although I, I do think it's interesting. I think Nico Collins might be passing Brandon Cooks here a little bit, but not that that really matters that much. But Nico is Collins, he waiver wire? Yeah, I, I, he's up towards yeah. the top. It's a great uh, wide receiver waiver wire this week, but I think Nico should be picked up as well. Uh, but Cooks was back in the lineup, but uh, he's. I think he certainly continues to trend down. I don't know if we necessarily need to write him up, but uh, we did a, a little bit of a breakdown on him last week. But, uh, yeah, he's he's just one of those guys. Going to be probably a wide receiver for the rest of the season, especially if Nico Collins continues to dominate the uh, targets here. Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. What, did he draw? I, I heard he dropped a, a bad pass, though. I, I, we... One of our I didn't, friends I didn't is, see it either. I'm just looking at the stat line. Yeah, I, I heard he had dropped because uh, we have a, a Giants friend on friend on one of our threads, and he's, he's basically called Galladay a bum. So uh, I think he had another bad drop. Uh, you know, no catches on two targets in his huh. return to the lineup. I think he was benched in the second half. Yeah. Um, Kenny got this from Dan Duggan of the Athletic. Kenny Galladay on if he agreed with his benching. It really don't matter. Ask if he should have played in the second half. I'm going to keep that comment to myself. Ask why this year has been such a struggle. I don't know. <laughs> that, uh, that sums up Kenny Galladay's season and his basically his Giants tenure to this point. Uh, I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's not good, whatever it is. So 
this, I mean, Darius Slayton has been kind of a revelation. He'll be at the top of the waiver wire, but uh, he was just kind of written off for dead. Uh, I mean, they were using Colin Johnson ahead of him before his injury, obviously behind Galladay, but uh, he, he's he's picking up where he left off a couple of years ago until he got just kind of benched here over the last two years. But he's showing he, he's, uh, he's going to make himself some money here as a free agent uh, after the season. Um, yeah, I didn't really find anything uh, from that game that's really noteworthy for the article, quite frankly, Tom. I mean, no, that's, that, that game kind of played out exactly how I yeah. might have expected it to. So uh, a lot of Barkley and a lot of the, the Texans thrown from behind. And uh, yeah, n- nothing, too, uh, nothing too novel out of that game. Uh, New Orleans and Pittsburgh. Oh, New Orleans. Oh, my God. Uh, like, I, I mean, I don't. I don't even really remember New Orleans having the ball in this game. I, I mean, Jawan Johnson scored. Um, he's obviously a waiver wire guy. Jarvis Landry's back, Thomas. He, I, I'm guessing he's a waiver wire guy too. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he had an interception go off his hands. <laughs> um, uh, the, the thing about Pittsburgh is, how about, in, in, in the irony of ironies, yeah. <laughs> Najee looks as good as he has all year, and Jalen Warren actually outscores him for fantasy. Yeah, it's <laughs> Najee looked like, I mean, maybe he got a little healthier over the bye. Uh, maybe he got tired of hearing all the, the talk in town about how Jalen Warren's going to pass him. And yeah. he goes out and has the best game of the season. Doesn't score a touchdown, you know, but he racks Doesn't up, catch a pass. Doesn't catch a pass, but still, I think he played his best game of the year. Uh, 20 carries, 60% snap share. But it was a uh, – he's still probably trending down. I mean, Warren did play 43% of the snaps. So this was much more of a committee than we've seen, even though he did get the 20 carries. As you said, Joe, I mean, the Saints could barely possess the ball much in this game. Uh, the Steelers' defense was much different with T.J. Watt, uh, you know, you know, just creating, you know, causing uh, havoc out in the field there and uh, just just uh, making Andy Dalton's uh, life a living hell back there. So, uh, yeah, this, this is <laughs> – not a not a tough, not a not a great scene here for the Saints. Uh, you know, t- ten points this week, thirteen points last week. Uh, offense is really trending down. I I have to wonder if <laughs> Dennis Allen is feeling the heat, and maybe he goes back to Jameis Winston here, maybe as early as yeah. this week. I mean, I I honestly I I, I could kind of see at the beginning whenever they went to Andy Dalton, but the last couple of weeks, I mean, why? Especially after that two INT performance where they had the pick sixes. On Thursday night football, I I just don't know why that we haven't gone back to Jameis Winston in New Orleans, and I don't. Uh, he had the the five interceptions in week two and three, playing through the back injury. But uh, at this point, I, I think you should give Jameis Winston another try here. This your season's going nowhere, and yeah. uh, Andy Dalton has looked pretty mediocre here the last two weeks. No, and you've got no reason to tank because you don't have your first round pick, by the way. I know. <laughs> hey, there you go, Eagles. What is it? Eagles uh, top five pick. pick right now. Yeah, it's a fourth pick in the draft, I believe. Uh, well, you're, with you're welcome as a Steelers fan. We did all yeah, part. Yeah, I mean, I do know every uh, Eagle fan was rooting for the Steelers there in that game. And uh, Philadelphia, uh, uh, Pennsylvania was united behind the Steelers yesterday. Absolutely. And uh, uh, probably, I don't know if they'll be united for, for, uh, against the Commanders tonight, but we'll see. Uh, anything from these Pittsburgh receivers that you saw? Actually, not really. I mean, it was kind of spread out here. I mean, the good news yeah. is that I think Pat Fryermuth was at uh, you know, we kind of expected him to be more of the slot receiver and his his slot share, I believe, moved up from like 29% to 39% in the game. But, he, you know, this was a, a tough matchup for tight ends. The Saints have been the best, against, you know, one of the best against the tight ends 
all season long, so it wasn't it wasn't an easy spot for him. But uh, yeah, I was I was actually a little disappointed George Pickens didn't see more work, uh, just the, just the four targets, but he did score the rushing touchdown. And they schemed him up a couple of touches, like like in the run game. Which I mean, I mean, hey, you use a talented player that way. I I, I don't blame him. Yeah, that was he was kind of the new Chase Claypool. He Chase Claypool got some of those touches in the early part of the season. Those jet sweeps and. Uh, he scored the rushing touchdown at the, you know, the first score of the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of the same, even though we did get Chase Claypool out. Uh, the passing volume was obviously Najee Harris getting 20 carries. Uh, hasn't been, hasn't been the norm for this offense, uh, the, through the first nine weeks of the season. So, uh, I would expect more passing volume, uh, for Kenny Pickett and his 30 attempts, uh, moving forward. So it was, it was hard to tell in the first game without Claypool, but, uh, I do think all three of these receivers are eventually going to get little bumps in the passing game when they have to throw a little bit more. Denver and Tennessee, obviously, uh, we got we got to watch Jerry Judy um, with with the ankle injury. Yeah, what a bizarre um, sounding injury! They like a, the back of the ankle, but it's not the Achilles. I don't know what and else. And is they're back not there. considering it heel. Like I, I don't know. Like what the hell's back there? That would that wouldn't be the heel or the Achilles? So yeah, uh, that was. <laughs> and then it looked like he was in severe pain. So yeah. that, that's going to be one to keep an eye on here. He, it was, it was the first offensive play of the game for them. Uh, and he's been, he's been trending up for the last four or five games. He had kind of taken over as the top receiver here since Dulcich came to the lineup. It was kind of a flip. Sutton was kind of the guy through the first five or six weeks of the season. Oh, Dulcich, Dulcich catches one pass. What a joke this offense is. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Russell missed. He had like a, a long touchdown. I think he, uh trying to think, it was like a 50 or 55 yard, you know, it would have been a, a long touchdown pass. He was behind the secondary and uh, Russell overthrew him by a couple of yards. But uh, I think Sutton... I mean, he was kind of written off for dead here a little bit, but if Judy's going to miss a little bit of time, uh, I think he's back in the saddle and maybe he can be trusted again here. It was a yeah. it was a tough three-game stretch since Dulcich came back, but uh, if it's going to be thinned down to just, just Sutton and Dulcich, uh, if Judy misses a couple of weeks, uh, I think Sutton's moving, moving back up uh, into pot- uh, potentially wide receiver two territory. Uh, nice little performance here with 11 targets uh, against the Titans. Um, and, and Tennessee, uh, I mean, what do we, what do you say? I mean, same <laughs> shit every week. there's nothing to say They're they're They like they, and they just continue to lose players and they continue to win football games. And it's incredible. This is actually a down performance for Derrick Henry and they still yeah. somehow found a, a, a way to get the victory with Whisprick Akine coming through for two touchdowns and 119 yards. I'm going to going to tell you right now, don't go out there on the waiver wire and go pick him up. I would go pick up Traylon Burks. No. Yeah, we, we're yeah. Uh, let's go for the first round pick. This is probably a blip on the radar with Westbrook Akine, but um, yeah, Derrick Henry can't even come through, and the Titans still figure out how to way uh, a way to win a game here. So uh, yeah, what uh, I'm trying to let's see. Westbrook Akine was at 77 percent of the snaps. Woods was at 81 percent, and Burks was at 56 percent. So uh, good. Good sign for Burks in his first game, getting 50, 56% of the snaps. I would expect that to continue to trend upward, but obviously he's not a he's more of a waiver wire guy, not not heavily not heavily owned after yeah. his turf toe injury. 
Indianapolis and, and Las Vegas, uh, the, the Raiders are so oh freaking God. bad, Tom. I mean, the, get, get McDaniels out of town. Like, this guy has no freaking clue. You lose to Indianapolis with, with a coach who has no experience. But I will say this. We got to move Jonathan Taylor up. He looks healthy. And you got to move Matt Ryan up. Uh, uh, excuse me, Michael Pittman up with Matt Ryan back. How about Matt Ryan running for 38 yards in that game? That, that looked like me or you, you know, scrambling oh. for 40 yards. The arms were, you know, he had the real arms flailing, trying to get, <laughs> pick yeah. up speed as much as he can. And I mean, that was, that that looked like, I mean, we're probably about the same. I think he was a 2008 draft pick there. So he is probably about our age, Joe. So I, I can imagine. Yeah, he was, of, uh, his rookie season was at, in Atlanta the year I worked for the Eagles. So yep, that was been say, my that was, season. That too. was right when we graduated from college. So. Uh, yeah, that's about us trying to run uh, for 38 yards. But um, yeah, I I love it. Jeff Saturday comes in. Uh, Jim Irsay says, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want here. I, I you know, I'm Frank Reich. I was making him play er- Ellinger, but uh, his uh, his pal there, he can he can do whatever he wants, and he gets to play Matt Ryan again. And now that the Colts are back to being at least a legitimate. Uh, a team here, at least for the time being, while Matt Ryan's in the in the mix. So, uh, just when it looked like Jonathan Taylor and uh, Michael Pittman might be dead for fantasy, they're they're back. They're back with Ellinger out of the lineup. So, uh, both trending upward here. Um, and then on the on the flip, I don't know. I, I don't want to write anything about Vegas, Tom. I, I'm so sick of this team. It's Devonte Adams, and it's nothing else. I mean, uh, yeah, and I, I guess I guess every week and. Yeah, I, I'll do Renfro down and Waller down just because we didn't we didn't have them from last week's. Uh, yeah, I mean we don't even need to do Renfro. He was like a waiver wire guy, and he wasn't yeah. even on the waiver wire because he's been so irrelevant. So, but we can do oh, a Waller one. What an absolute joke! Uh, like, uh, anyway. I'll do this game for you. Uh, Joe. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, you really don't want to write up Las Vegas, so I, I can handle this. No. One. Uh, so yeah, uh, Waller. Waller. I mean, the thing is, like, so now they're two and seven. Goes on the IR here. Uh, it's been a, just a lost season. Like, there's a chance he, they might just shut him down for the rest of the season. He's oh, they should. Bat- they've been battling. He's been battling hamstring injuries all season, dating back to you know before they gave him the contract, which was bizarre uh, when he was kind of holding out there. So he, he's he's basically a wasted pick. I mean, that was a fourth, fifth round pick in fantasy. We that's one we we didn't nail. We were we were completely off Waller this summer and. Uh, he, he's going down as a, a huge boss, ba- you know, basically over the last two seasons too. Uh, yeah. he, he was basically out of the lineup for, you know, the back half of last season as well. So, uh, the, the best days of Darren Waller might be behind him, and Las Vegas gave him a fat new contract before the season. So they're, they're just making bad decisions left and right in Las Vegas recently. Uh, Dallas and green Bay. Um, this is a wild one. Uh, so I guess we gotta we gotta watch Zeke. I mean, because I mean Tony Pollard just I mean, this guy, every time he gets the touches, he comes through for in a big way for fantasy, and they continue to say, Well, we don't want him to get all that many touches. Uh, uh because he's a I think Skip Pete called him a uh uh like a a, a a sports car, you know, you don't want him to to haul the uh Paul the cargo country uh, across the country. You want him to sprint, I think, is, is what Skip Pete said. But Tony Pollard, I mean, sure looks like he can handle the touches to me. Yeah, I mean, he's been <clears throat> fantastic in every game that Zeke's missed over the last couple of years. And 
goes out and does it again. Uh, you know, 5.2 yards uh, per carry here. Another touchdown. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll watch Zeke. I will see what this is going to be one of those. We'll just watch and see what they say this week. And I, I'm sure they're going to st- stick to the company line here with Jerry running the show. But uh, Zeke's got to be moving down here a little bit. I mean, he's he hasn't been very special anyway for fantasy. Uh, I think yeah. he had like 32 receiving yards or something before his injury. So, uh, you know, he's been moving the wrong direction. But uh, th- at least this passing game finally showed some – it showed some juice here. Uh, CeeDee Lamb he had yet to hit 100 yards, and uh, he breaks out with uh, two-touchdown performance. And, man, Dalton Schultz, it, it was a tough – Tough first nine uh, weeks of the season there, but if you were patient and stuck with him here, he's looking like he could be a, a difference maker at the position that's kind of struggling for reliable guys right now. Um, uh, speaking of CeeDee Lamb, apparently was to blame for the two interceptions, or at least one of them, uh, oh. uh, for Dak Prescott, but I mean, then he made up for it at least. Yeah, and then he got interfered uh, late in the game. That was a... a uh, uh, I mean, Cowboys fans are you know, like to complain about everything, but that that sort of looked like a uh, pass interference uh, from J- Jair Alexander in that overtime period, and uh, ended up costing them. And Dallas uh, Green Bay goes down the field and gets the game winning kick. But um, yeah, this hey, <laughs> if I'm the cow, I mean, like take an objective look and let's feature Pollard, let's feature Lamb, let's feature Schultz every week. That should be the your offense, yeah. but. We'll see what they end up doing. Um, yeah, Zeke should be trending down, but we'll see what Jerry has to say about it all. <laughs> um, uh, wh- what about the Packers? I mean, when it, yeah, nothing here. Aaron I Jones mean, is good. Yeah, Aaron, <laughs> Christian Watson's waiver wire. Yeah, he'll be at the top right behind Kadarius Tony for sure. Uh, that was kind of what they've been hoping for all season from Watson. And he finally, he just uh, you know piled everything up into one game here. After I mean, he's, it's just been a, a tough, tough start for him. Uh, you know, dealing with the hamstring injuries early in the year. And then he had the concussion and then he had another concussion scare last week. They said it wasn't a concussion. They were just uh, being careful with him after he had the concussion the week before. So, but I mean, it, it looks like it's, it's wheels up for him right now. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is out of the lineup here for uh, probably the next four to five weeks. And I mean, if Watson's going to perform this way, Dobbs is not getting a spot back. This is going to be, Watson and Lazard on the outside, so uh, nothing much. Pretty, uh, pretty much out of, outside of that. But uh, I thought it was promising that Aaron Jones did look, you know, pretty good in this in the game. You know, there was some question if he would even play. Uh, left early in Week Nine with the ankle injury, but <laughs> there were there were no limitations uh, on on Sunday night. So uh, he should be uh, a full go here. They they play Thursday night. They play the Titans. Speaking of another high-flying affair on Thursday night fo- football. They got the, the Titans and the Packers here, so uh, he'll hopefully be, uh, you know, f- fully ready to go for that game. Um, Arizona and the Rams, I mean, the storyline here is the injuries. Ertz and Cup. Uh, let me read from Jordan Rodriguez. Uh, multiple people with knowledge of the situation said the initial belief is that Cup avoided a worst-case scenario. However, he will have more testing on his ankle, including an MRI in the coming days, to be sure. At best, Cup misses sometime, maybe as much as a few weeks, if the injury doesn't prove to be season-ending. The Rams would then have to decide whether it's worth trotting him back onto the field after he recovers. So, I take that as he didn't break his leg, but he has a high ankle sprain. That's, yeah, I that mean, would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the, the 
decoding that message from uh, Jordan Rodriguez there. So, I mean, I put Van Jefferson pretty high up on the waiver wire. I think he's... How about Higby catching eight passes all of a sudden after being dead? Yeah, I mean, I guess we got to give him a little little bump up here. Um, I mean, if they're not going to have Cup, they they need... It's all these receivers are... I mean, somebody's got to do... I mean, Cup has been their entire offense. I mean, we saw in that Buccaneers game. I mean, I forget what what it was, but he had like 55 or 60% of their receiving yards. And uh, you take a guy that's been all world for the last two years and take him out of the offense. It has to go somewhere here. So for as dead as uh, Higby has been in recent week for as dead as Allen Robinson has been the entire season, they have to be at least uh, up yeah. here a little bit. Um, somebody, somebody's got to catch the ball, but either way, this, this offense is completely dead. I mean, I mean here, here's how I have this is this is the juiciest game for the for the entire report right now. I have Ertz down because Zach Ertz hurt oh, his knee. Man, that nice. I have Cup down, Higby up if they don't have Cup, Kyler Watch, Stafford down. Yeah, I think Rondale might even have to be up as well. He's yeah. he's been playing. Well. There was just that one outlier game where they played him on the perimeter on the Thursday night football game, but it was so stupid. it was so dumb. But whenever he's played in the slot, he's been really you know putting up numbers and. I would think, I mean, we'll we'll have Trey McBride high on the waiver wire because he's a talented second round pick and yeah. he played a lot uh, after after Earths went out of the lineup. But you can't expect a second round pick to put up the the production that Earths was, uh, you know, before the injury. So you know, I think Moore is probably going to be the be- biggest beneficiary from the uh, Earths injury. So yeah, so I've got like the, this entire game is going to be like half the article, <laughs> like. Just because of because of uh, what's injuries. going on here, yeah. And, and I mean, James Conner, he got in the end zone in this game. I get, is he up? I guess. I mean, oh, this is the same thing the we guy. saw. Yeah, we saw this last week too. This was the same, the same way that he was at like seventy five percent of the snaps last week. Yep. All right. So I, I don't. Th- it's the Eno. I mean, Eno's completely dead. He's he's just dropped him. He's one yeah. snap last week. They were actually mixing Keontae Ingram in a little bit more. Uh, with five five snaps, so yeah, Eno's completely dead if you're still holding on to him. But uh, yeah, Connor. I mean, this was kind of similar to last week. It was even better usage, but um, yeah, this offense is they need they need Kyle. Yeah, we yeah we got to do a Kyler. I don't, was Kyler on your list there? I'm guessing we have to. Yes, he is. Okay, He's on my yeah, list. okay. Just making sure there. So yeah, this is the the market report will be just the Arizona Cardinals and Los, a- Los Angeles Rams game, apparently. So you, me, you, and our guy Sam Wagman basically divide this up three ways. Um, and the, I, whoever writes this game, this might be the only game they write up <laughs> with, with how this article's going this week. So uh, I'll give it I'll give it up uh, to you. Uh, I'll give, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'll probably do this game. Okay. I'll just... Uh, because I've, I've got some takes, but uh, uh, let's go to the Sunday night game. Oh, boy, Tom, was I on tilt last night. Oh, well, yeah. I have. Uh, my McCaffrey overs against this run defense, and he's the backup to Elijah Mitchell. <sighs> yeah, I I, I, I I saw the Athletics' Matt Barrows a couple weeks say something to the effect that Elijah uh, Mitchell could have a, a pretty big role when he returns, and boy, did he ever. I mean, and to be frank, I mean, he – he deserved it. He was running a lot better yeah. than McCaffrey. He might. Uh, McCaffrey's obviously a special all-around uh, running back here, but they could have a pretty deadly one-two combination in the backfield. I, I think we have to, not that you're benching McCaffrey or anything like that, but I think expectations have to be lowered a little bit for him. I mean, Mitchell, 
between the tackles, I think Mitchell is uh, uh, probably the better runner here, and he showed it last night. So uh, McCaffrey was at 65% of the snaps. Mitchell was at 35%. So those McCaffrey, uh, you know, 20 touch games where, you know, he's playing 90% of the snaps, probably not going to be a thing whenever Mitchell's in the lineup. Yeah. Um, the Chargers here, uh, they were talking Mike Williams up on the broadcast. Uh, oh, yeah. He was doing conditioning. Um, he wants to play next week. So I think we'll probably do a little update on him. Yeah, we should. I, I still don't expect him to play next week, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, you know, it, it was all stretching. I, I want to see him running. That's that's probably the yeah. bigger issue. We've got a high, high ankle injury. So uh, I still think he's probably a week away. I mean, uh, Josh Palmer, man. Oh, my God. I, I had props on him as well, Joe. Oh, he <laughs> Herbert missed him for probably about a 30 yard gain in the first half. And then he was wide open on the last two plays of the game for the chargers. And, uh, Herbert got his arm hit on the one that you know, resulted in the, uh, interception. In the interception. And yeah. then the other one, he was hit trying to throw it and, uh, threw it wide of him. And he was wide open on both of them. So a uh, tough night for the props, uh, on Sunday night. It was a good, a relatively good overall Sunday, but the Sunday morning and the Sunday night props uh, were killers. So great, great way to open the day. Great way to end it uh, with two losses in both of those games. But um, yeah, this is, we'll just, yeah, we'll, we'll do a little write up on Mike Williams, but uh, yeah, this man, Justin Herbert, I feel bad for the guy. This is, yeah, it, it's, it's getting bad. bad out there. And now, yeah, they have a lot of injuries on their defensive line here. So this Chargers team is just, it, it seems like it happens every year here. They, they're they just falling apart here as the season goes along. Uh, the 49ers, uh, anything, I, here's the thing with the 49ers. If, if I say Debo's down, he's going to be the one who goes six for 84 next week, right? Like, yeah. it, it's just, it's the nature of this team. Uh, with, with, you get McCaffrey and, and especially one, if two of these guys. Especially if they're having success running the ball. I mean, that, we know yeah, two what of these guys are going to do. Yep. Yeah, he's not going to. He wants to do. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to take carries away from Mitchell and McCaffrey if they're running the ball successfully to to throw it more with Jimmy Garoppolo. He wants he wants Garoppolo right here. Nineteen for twenty eight. He he would take that line every week from Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't want him attempting more than thirty five passes in a game. So that's the uh, nature of the beast here with with the Forty Nine ers offense. This week it was Ayuk. Uh, you know kind of the featured player, but next week it could be George Kittle or it could be Debo. So uh, unfortunately, if you, you drafted yeah. one of these guys, you know, relatively early, that's, you're going to have some volatile weeks with them. Maybe we just do, I mean, maybe just do a little write up on, you know, both Ayuk and Debo and just, you know, kind of sum it up that way that yeah. there's going to be some volatile weeks with these receiver, you know, and we'll, we can lump George Kittle into the mix as well. But uh, I think the only guy that's kind of guaranteed to get touches every week right now is Christian McCaffrey. And it's looking like Eli Mitchell might also be in that mix Yeah, as well. oh my God. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah. uh, oh, by the way, uh, Baker Mayfield's going to start for the uh, for the uh, Panthers. Oh, great. <laughs> because DJ Walker has a high ankle sprain. Oh, I didn't so even know. Uh, uh, he played that entire game last Thursday. So. Yeah. Not that that really changes anything. I guess I guess they're done with Sam Darnold. I mean, they're not even going to give Sammy, a, yeah. Sammy D a chance to, to get a start here because... They, they acti- activated him off the IR a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I think he's healthy enough to play at this point. But 
Great. Well, now we got more Baker Mayfield. So feel yeah, I playing. love it. Whoa. Probably. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that'll wrap it up here for the uh, week. Uh, the week 10 market report recap. Uh, the week 11 article is what we will publish. Uh, Tom, you and I will be talking waiver wire tomorrow. Might be one of our juiciest podcasts uh, in a while, especially we'll probably just focus on the wide receiver position. I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, we got uh, the wide receiver positions loaded. Uh, which is good because we got the Cooper Cup injury, and I know a lot of people are going to be scrambling there. A uh, couple couple spots at running back with uh, Rashad White and Pacheco, but uh, we'll we'll get into the get into all of it. Uh, not not necessarily a a very heavy waiver wire at quarterback and uh, tight end, but uh, receiver and running back will give us enough to uh, fill up a podcast. So yeah, if you've been dying for help off the waiver wire and haven't been getting any help the last couple of weeks, uh, this is your week. There's a, a lot of guys that are available that could help you. All right, Tom, thanks a lot for everything. Uh, thanks to uh, everybody for listening here. Um, thanks to our guy Sam Wagman for helping out with the uh, Market Report article. For Tom Brawley at Tom Brawley on Twitter, I'm Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. Um, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Waiver Wire podcast, and we'll catch you in our subscriber Discord at FantasyPoints.com. See you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.